Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Now for our story. David Bowman had spent a busy day during which he'd accomplished a number of important errands which kept him away from his ordinary duties as president of the Wakefield Trust and Savings Bank. Now it is late afternoon as he drives up to the auto cart at the other end of town and parks in front of the small cabin which has been Bill Mead's home for several years. David walks up the shallow steps of number seven, sees the door ajar. He pushes it open a little more and peers in. Well, the room inside is in considerable disorder. There is a worn calfskin suitcase on the bed, a pile of books stacked on the table with a framed photograph of Peggy Douglas on top, and Bill's clothes are draped over the back of the one easy chair. The young man turns quickly, a handful of ties in his hands as he hears... Hello, Bill. Well, hello, Mr. Bowman. Mind if I come in for a minute? Of course not. But as you see, I'm in kind of a mess. <laughs> yes, I see you are. Oh, here. Let me clear a space for you to sit down in the easy chair. Mm. You sure I won't mess up your best suit, Bill? I'll uh, try not to lean back. Nothing could hurt that suit if it survived this long. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, Mr. Bowman, if I'd known you were coming, I'd have tried to get all this out of the way sooner. Oh, that's all right, my boy. When a man moves, there's bound to be a little confusion. Mm, confusion is right. I, I had no idea I'd accumulated so much junk. Well, don't let me interrupt you, Bill. You go right ahead, and we can talk while you work. Okay. Ash, I'll sure be glad to have this over with. <laughs> One thing about moving in with me, Bill, I think you'll find it an improvement so far as me was go. I uh, see you've been more or less living out of cans. Hmm? Oh, you mean all the stuff there in the kitchenette? Yeah. Yeah, I got the culinary department down to a minimum. <laughs> Give me a can of soup and a can opener, and I've got dinner. Oh, by the way, i better put all that stuff in a carton and bring it over. Maybe Sarah can use it. far as me was go. I, uh, see you've been more or less living out of cans. Hmm? Oh, you mean all the stuff there in the kitchenette? Yeah. Yeah, I got the culinary department down to a minimum. <laughs> Give me a can of soup and a can opener and I've got dinner. Oh, by the way, I better put all that stuff in a carton and bring it over. Maybe Sarah can use it, huh? Well, I imagine she can. You know, Sarah's very pleased about you coming to live there with me. She loves to fuss over someone. And I think she's looking forward to fattening you up a little. Yeah, well, she can't make me mad if she does. <laughs> I'd like to gain about ten pounds. <laughs> Don't worry, you will. As I remember, she's a wonderful cook. Mm-hmm. Oh, and by the way, Mr. Bowman, about the financial setup. Well, let's not worry about that. No, oh, really, I want to get that settled before I move in. Mm, so far as I'm concerned, it would be such a treat having some companionship. I really ought to pay you a little something for sharing the place with me. Oh, no, no we'll have to work something out. <laughs> Besides, you may discover I'm an awful boy. <laughs> No fear of that. Anyway, let's not talk about money. Plenty of time for that later. Okay. Mm. The lovely picture of Peggy you've got. Yeah, I'm crazy about it. It looks so, so natural and unposed. Peggy's a wonderful girl, Bill. Mm. She'll make you a lovely wife. Yeah, I only wish we could get married soon. Well, you've waited a long time, you two. Can't you see your way clear? Well, in the first place, Mr. Bowman, there's a housing problem. Oh, Peggy's been swell about it. She even said she'd be willing to live here at the auto court with me. But I wouldn't have wanted her to, even if they were tearing the place down. Well, have you looked around town? Yeah, I looked, Mr. Bowman. I thought I'd be able to find what we'd like, but... Well, you see, we have our plans all made, just the kind of house we want. Mm -hmm. And I do think that we ought to wait until we get everything set. Well, maybe so, Bill. But you don't want to overemphasize the external side of things. I remember when Mary Lane and Randolph were first married, before they got the farm built. They lived in one room, 
And they were perfectly happy. Hmm. Yeah, I guess Aunt Mary could make even an igloo or a tent seem homelike. <laughs> That's right. And I have an idea Peggy is the same gift. Yeah. But you see... Well, it isn't just that, Mr. Bowman. There's several other problems we have to take care of. Hmm? What do you mean, Bill? Well, the main thing is Kit. I had a phone call last night from Paul Cromwell in Miami. Kit's down there. She's ill. Yes, I know all about it, Bill. About Kit's mental breakdown. You do? Yeah. That's the main reason I came over to see you. But how did you find out? Mary Lane came to see me early this morning. Oh. She thought I ought to know about it. I see. Well, Paul told me about Mr. Calvert's refusing to help Kit. So I figured that meant it was on my shoulders since I had once been married to her. Yes, I knew you'd look at it that way, Bill. That is, I was sure you wouldn't shirk a responsibility you felt was actually yours. But you see, Bill, Mary Lane and I both agree that it isn't right for you to be burdened with such a problem. You and Peggy. Oh, that's mighty nice of you, Mr. Bowman. But, After uh, all, Bill, Kit's my niece. That's a blood relationship which certainly outweighs the fact that you and Kit were once married. Well, I don't know. I've been thinking about it all day. What to do for her, how to get her back here. Regardless of what happened between us, I can't help feeling sorry for Kit. Yeah. Nor can I, my boy. Even knowing Ben Calvert, it's hard to believe he could have refused to come through for his own daughter when she's in trouble. I talked to Ben today. <clears throat> Wanted to see him about it. You did? What did he say? He flatly refuses to do anything. But why? Surely he has some feeling for Kit. I think he would, Bill. Course, nobody knows better than I do what a stubborn man he is. But if Paul told him what he told me, about her being irrational, out of her head, uh, I don't see how Mr. Calvert could know about it without wanting to do something for her. Ben's explanation is that he's not even sure Kit's really ill. Not sure? Well, what on earth does he mean by that? Of course, I don't know the whole story. Mary just gave me the highlights, I suppose. You probably know more details about her illness than I do. Well, I don't think there's any doubt about her being ill. Well, I'm going down there and check up on things. You mean you're going to Miami? I think I should, Bill. After all, she's my niece, and I intend to see she has proper care. Oh, gosh, Mr. Bowman, I, I think that's swell of you. If I can help in any way, be sure to let me know. Here. Thank you, my boy. But I don't think it's your responsibility. I bought my train ticket this afternoon. Oh. When are you leaving? Tonight. I'll get to Chicago in time to board the plane for Miami. If she can travel, I'll bring her right back with me. see. Well, have you uh, made any plans for taking care of her when you bring her home? Yes, I called the sanitarium at Huntsville today. It's a very nice place. And they have room for her, thank heaven. I was afraid they'd be overcrowded, but the arrangements are all made. <laughs> Gosh, you haven't wasted any time. I hope to be able to find a nurse in Miami who will be willing to come back with us on the train. Then I can pay her return fare to Florida again. Yeah. I guess you'd need somebody to look after her on the way out here. Poor Kit in a spot like this. You know, it's hard to imagine her being helpless. And yet, Bill, this may mean a fresh start for Kit. It's possible if she recovers from this experience, it, it may change her whole outlook on life. I only hope so. So do I, Mr. Bowman. Well, we'll all hope for the best. Now I'd better go along home. Uh, think you'll be ready to move in tomorrow, Bill? Sarah will get you settled in my absence. Oh, sure. I'll get this thing licked tonight. 
Hello? David? Oh, this is Jesse Calvert. Oh, yes, Jesse. I hope I'm not disturbing you. Not at all. The thing is, Ben left after you did this morning, and... Well, I've been thinking about it all day. Wondering if you two came to any decision. Well, yes, I suppose one could say we did. Ben wouldn't say much, but I doubted he hadn't changed his mind. I mean, about Kit. That's right, Jesse. I'm afraid that's just about the size of it. I see. That's too bad, in a way. I mean, if the girl's actually ill. Have you any idea what's going to happen? I'm taking things into my own hands. You are? I bought my train ticket today. I'm leaving tonight for Miami. Oh, I see. Yes, Jesse, I intend to bring Kit back here to Wakefield right away. Back to Wakefield. Jesse Calvert hung up the telephone, walked slowly into the other room. The thing she feared, had tried to avoid, was happening. Kit was to return. And even if she were not living in Ben's big house on 11th Street, she would be somewhere nearby. A constant threat to everything Jesse desired to achieve. For then there was always the chance of a reconciliation between father and daughter. And above everything else, Jesse wanted to keep Ben and his daughter Kit apart. 